0: Welcome to Season 2 of In Search of Peace and Healing. I'm your host, Celia Boone. Hello! This is Celia Boone, and welcome to another episode of In Search of Peace and Healing. For today, I'm going to be talking about a couple things. Uh, one is the topic of fear, because there have been a couple things that have happened lately that really brought up fear in me, and what are some things that we can do when we feel afraid. So. I'm glad you've joined me, and let's talk about fear and then what we can do to help turn fear into courage. So I'm back, and um, today I want to talk a little bit about fear. Invariably, when I am in a place of fear my fear takes certain forms. Either I'm afraid I'm not going to get what I need or not going to get what I want, or else that I'm going to lose something that I already have and that I'll just have a hard time not having whatever it is or whoever it is in my life, that whatever the thing is that I fear. And, you know, sometimes in my head, my brain can sometimes be a catalyst for fear. I'll have a fearful thought and sometimes my little sicko brain just starts running like a hamster on a wheel and by far the very worst things I've ever lived through actually only happened in my head. They never happened in reality. But sometimes I forget that. And so with fear. I'm going to talk a little bit about my hospitalization. Now, um, those of you who've listened to previous podcasts, you're aware that I had a hip replacement a few weeks ago. And that was kind of scary surgery for me really, because probably 30 years before a friend of mine had a hip replacement and, um, My roommate and I, at the time, were kind of helping to take care of him, and um, when he left the hospital, he actually came and stayed with us because we had a place where he didn't have to use the stairs and all kinds of things, but I saw what he went through, and it really took a toll on him. So I was afraid going into the hospital, didn't really talk about it much, I couldn't wait for the Arthritis pain to go away, but you know it was scary because they ripped my hip out, and that's without a hip, I couldn't walk, and I was, you know, just just feeling apprehensive about this whole thing. And then after the surgery, I was having tremendous pain; it was really out of control, and so I was like crying and shaking and. Um there was a doctor that walked in, um, a hospitalist, and um, he asked me how I was doing, so I told him I'm really hurting. And so he ordered something for me and it helped get the pain under control. And then, you know, the physical therapist comes in, this is the day of surgery now. Like I've been back in the room for maybe three hours, and she's like, "Okay, we're gonna get you up to use the bathroom," and I'm like, "No, wait, wait, wait! You didn't put a—they didn't put a catheter in." Nope. So the day that I had my hip ripped out of my body and this, you know, nice artificial one put in, they're getting me up out of bed to use the restroom, and I was just flabbergasted. That was scary. And, you know, it was scary thinking about coming home because our bedrooms are on the second floor of our house and there's 16 stairs that I have to go up to get there. So I wasn't sure how that was going to go. So here's what I did. I just decided that while I was in the hospital, I was going to be as helpful to as many people as I could be. Now, I'm in a room. Um, I've had my hip yanked out, so I'm not walking anywhere, really, outside of my room. But there were people coming in my room all the time, the staff members of the hospital. And so I just started kind of talking, sharing a little bit of my story, and... We do that, especially when we show some warts of ours. It makes it safe for others to be able to share openly about their struggles and and things that they're having a hard time with. And so there were several staff members there at the hospital that I was able to share with them. And when they would come in, I would ask them how they're doing and listen to them and there was a physical therapist. Her husband of 20 years had just decided he didn't want to be married to her anymore and he told the kids 2 weeks that he 2 weeks before he told her that he was leaving and so you know her high school age kids knew that daddy's leaving mommy 2 weeks before she even knew and she was just devastated by that. And I was able to Give her some encouragement, some experience, strength, and hope. I've been through a divorce. You know, I felt like such a failure. But it wasn't that the marriage was really good. It wasn't good at all. And so, you know, it was pretty toxic. So I was able to share some things that I learned, some of my experience, strength, and hope. There was a tech, really cute girl, um, she's also the she the uh, unit clerk and a nursing tech and she's going to college full time besides working full time and majoring in social work she has another year to go before she'll graduate from college so she works all the time she works she runs her rear end off on the floor where she works in the hospital and takes some online classes, some she takes at the local university. And, you know, I was able to encourage her and, and be helpful to her. And, um, you know, she it was funny because she was kind of telling me some of the challenges she has in her life. And she said, usually I'm the one people always come tell their troubles to. So it's really interesting that I'm sitting here telling you my, about my troubles. And I'm like hey, listen, you know, when we have joys and we share them, they're multiplied. And when we have struggles and we share them, they're divided and dissipate. There was a night nurse, Sandy, who just was a lovely person, but one of her colleagues that worked every the same night she did just bugs the crap out of her. Because this woman, it just, she does, she makes a lot of mistakes, and Sandra has to go back and fix the mistakes and keep an eagle eye out. And it was really stressful. Well, I didn't sleep a lot in the hospital, so I turned the TV to smooth jazz music, and she could just come stand in my room for a minute, take some deep breaths, do some stretches, and uh, get herself kind of centered so that she wouldn't allow this person to ruin her night at the hospital, ruin her shift. Then there was a doctor who has a medical condition that I have, IBS. And that's really not one of the sexier diseases to have, trust me. But this doctor was telling me that she had IBS. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have that. What do you take for it? And she was like, well, I've been to the doctor, and they wanted to prescribe, you know, to another doctor and, who wanted to prescribe a couple different things for me. and, But I just didn't take any of it. But she's, then she said, you know what, when I have attacks of IVS, it hurts me worse than it hurt when I had my children. So I've had some of those attacks that are just, oh, agonizing. But I had read about a study um, that somebody did in Germany using vitamin D. And so I started taking extra vitamin D, and my incidences of IBS, my number of attacks, has gone from a few a week to maybe one a month or so. And then there's another little pill that absolutely stops the abdominal cramping. So I, I just told her about it. I'm like, go get that little blue pill that stops the cramping and start taking your vitamin D extra. And she hugged me and she said, you're the first person, the first patient I've had that's helped me more than I've been able to help you. And so the day that I left the hospital to come home, it was so sweet because there were all these people coming in. Um, I just wanted to say goodbye before you leave and give you a hug. The nurse manager, who is also a butterfly fan, as am I, she gave me a hug and a kiss on the cheek, and there were all these people that are so lovely, and, you know, I was able to be helpful, and it made me really, I wasn't nearly so afraid. And, you know, once I got home for a little bit, I slept on the couch downstairs, and My husband, boss's heart, did too. Um, And so we just stayed downstairs until I could, you know, regain my strength enough to climb the stairs. And boy, there's nothing sweeter than sleeping in your own bed when you haven't had that for a while. So when we have fear, one thing that, that we can do is to share the fear with somebody else talk about it? What is it that I'm afraid of? Why am I afraid? And am I trying to rely on my own power or am I go, am I leaning toward leaning on God and and allowing his power to work things out in my life? So I pray and ask God to remove the fear. And then I try to help others. And that's what I did in the hospital. And it totally transformed my stay there from being one that was fear-filled and, oh, my God, you know, I better make sure I get pain medicine so I don't hurt like I was hurting the first day. And da-da-da-da-da, I just wasn't thinking about me. I was thinking about the others and how could I help the staff to feel better, to feel like my room was a peaceful place, and you know, a place where they could come take a little break from the stresses of nursing and taking care of patients, etc. And so my wish for you, my friends, is that when you feel fear, find somebody that's trustworthy and tell them what you're afraid of. It's better to find somebody that isn't going to judge you for just having fear, period. But Choose somebody that can help you match your fear with faith. Because when we are able to match fear with faith, that is when God helps us to gain courage, to get stronger, and ultimately we're able to be of more help to others because we've been through yet another kind of adversity And now we know how to get through that type of adversity. So I think we're just going to do one block today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my husband, Ken. So um, one of the things that I'm working on right now is I'm working on increasing my strength so that I'll be able to get back on stage. And we'll be able to give concerts again and seminars. Um, I will be doing um, In Search of Peace and Healing seminars for churches and faith-based groups, other professional organizations or whatever, if I'm asked. So I can't wait until I can be back in the groove doing what I love to do. And hopefully I will meet some of you then. And... I can't wait to meet you. Have a great day. I love you all. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group, providers of music and media production, as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you.